Hello, this is Willard Watson, and you're listening to Brom to Go, your go-to source for arts and history. Today, we have an interview with Jean Ray. Jean is a retired nurse from the Junalusco community in Boone, North Carolina. This interview is conducted by project photographer Ashley Warren and Brom interns Madison Goodwin and Courtney Maness. This interview is part of the exhibition, The Way Watauga Works, and the questions focus on Jean's work history. His interview is the most emotional one for many to listen to in the project, and it gives great insight into the challenges of nursing. May 18. What did your parents do for a living? My mother was a domestic worker, worked in houses, and my father worked at, he did body work for cars at Lee Barnett's. Did you contribute to the family income or help parents in their work in any way? No. What do you do for a living, or what did you do for a living? Okay, I started off as a nurse working at Watauga Hospital, LPN. I worked there for six and a half years. Then I went to the um, nursing home, Watauga Nursing Home. And I worked there while I was working at Appalachian State University. I started working there in 1978. So how did you decide on your career path? I have always been the type of person that loved to take care of people and make sure that they're happy and everything. And so after high school, I had a guidance counselor that told me I never would be able to go into nursing, but I did. I went to Caldwell Institute down there and worked for, let's see, my schooling was 14 months, and then I came out as an LPN to my state boards. How would you say the work has changed since you started? Tremendously, tremendously. It is not, when I went into nursing, it was more, well, you had your basic education, but it was more the patient. You took care of the patient, made sure that if they needed anything or the family or anything like that, you would talk with them and make sure that the patient was comfortable and everything. The way that I see it now is it's more education. You don't get that much one-on-one with the patient and the nurse. The nurse now, most of the time the nurses now are more into a lot of book work and learning, you know, that and doing that and letting the uh, nurse's aides do what the nurses usually do, most of it. Not all of it, but most of it. Can you describe what a typical work day looked like? When I went in, I worked on, started off on evening shift, and I was a medication nurse. So what I would do, I would go in, we would get report from the nurses that were on before us and find out what each patient had have, had done. I worked surgical floor. So we would find out what operation they had done or what was going on with that patient, if they'd had a bad day, if we needed to 
you know, be more particular about certain patients than others, which I had 20 patients at that time on the second floor. But that was it, and then I would go and start their medicines, which their medicines had to be given precisely on time. Sometimes you would run into events where you couldn't do it right then. So, or the patients wouldn't be able to take their medicines, they'd refuse it, or you might have to help with their treatments, or help with some of the other nurses or something. You might be short, so you might have to help take patients, plus do your medicines and stuff. What type of people did you work with? When I started, there weren't that many male nurses, so it was mainly females. Your main thing was your doctors. You'd have to make rounds with them, make sure that you got down exactly what they wanted each patient to their treatment for them. If there's any changes in medicine stuff, then you'd have to come back and write all this down, although the doctors dictated it. You would have to come back and write it all down and then make sure that you called, like, the pharmacist or whatever to uh, get their medicines and stuff. Make sure that the medicines were there for the next shift when they come. That and the people I worked with, I was very lucky in that the people I worked with were great. One funny thing about it was the shift that I worked on, we had three people named Gene. So when they would holler for Gene, all three of us would holler. One was a ward secretary, the other one was a nurse's aide, and then I was the nurse. So we'd all holler at the same time. When else did you work, such as like weekdays, weekends, holidays? I worked 3 to 11 the whole week. Maybe I would work like seven days and then have a day off. Also, while I was in that, I worked in the OB department, so that didn't last. I like I worked one night on uh, 11 to 7. 7 o'clock when I was supposed to get off, I had nine deliveries. I had to clean every one of them up, make sure every one of them was measured so that I could report to the next one. One funny thing about that, we had one that was born, and I was just walking outside of the nursery and the doctor came out and told this father he said you're the proud father of a baby girl and the nurses called him back real quick so he went back in there so when he came back out the doctor said you're the proud father of a baby girl and he said yes you just told me that he said no too about that time he passed out hit the floor oh yes It was something, though, during that time, also, when I was in training, we were back in the delivery room and everything like that, and you would think that men would pass out. We had two nurses and three men in our class, and one lady passed out, one of the ladies. So what we did, we just pulled her around to the back where it was cold and laid her down in the thing and watched. Every time she'd get up, she'd pass back out. (laughs) but she did graduate. What did you do with your downtime at work? Uh, We didn't have that much downtime. What we would do, we would go 
behind the nurse's station and be available in case the doctors wanted to talk to us or talk with some of our colleagues or something like that. We didn't have much downtime in that, that part of it. And in the operating room, which I also worked, in the operating room you didn't have any downtime at all. You just went to lunch and you were thankful if you could get your meal eat because most of the time they'd call you back. Within 10 minutes you'd have to fly back upstairs. Okay, that meant that you would have to redo a complete wash from elbows down. And that took some time to do that because you have to be sterile from here down. It was good, though. I liked it. <laughs> did your occupation have any special sayings or expressions, and what are they, and how did they come about? Well, there was a little conflict between the LPNs and the RNs because, like I said before, most of your LPNs, your licensed practical nurses, they were more involved with the patients. And one of the sayings was that LPN stood for low-paid nurse. And, of course, RN, they said, was real nurses. But there was one rule that we had to follow was what you see here, what you do here, stays here when you leave here. That was in our uh, little kitchen. And uh, they would always ask you these things. Our director of nurses and the head nurse and all of that, they would come through. Now, what's the little thing that you're supposed to do, you know? And I'm going, I know that by heart. Leave me alone so I can get my medicine <laughs> But it was, like I said, it was good there. What special knowledges, skills, and abilities were needed, and what techniques and methods? Well, you had to have the knowledge of what the nurse was supposed to do with each, the LPN and the RN. At that time, LPNs did just about everything but start IVs. Depending on your doctor, you could hang blood. But if you hung blood, before he left the hallway, he had to sign that he told you to do it. That was some of the skills. You had to learn how to take blood pressures, temperatures, make beds at that time, which they don't do now. Our instructor would come along and you would use the flat sheets and you have to make them tight just like you were in the army, bounce a dime on it. She'd come through and bounce a dime on it to make sure. You also had to uh, be able to do a clean the bed up from top to bottom. You had to roll your patients. You had to know how to roll your patients if they had broken legs or whatever over so that you could change their linen, you had to be very, most of the time, courteous to your patients and visitors. Sometimes that ran into problems, but anyhow. That was some of the techniques that we had, and like I said, the methods that we used, depending on the patient. You had to even uh, put uh, your pull-up bars and stuff for people that were, as a matter of fact, we had two patients to come in that broke each one of their legs in three different places. Well, we had four, but one had to be sent. His parents didn't want him to stay here. They were in skiing accidents and ran through a fence. Okay, 
in those patients you have to put up the traction okay you have to come through and you have to adjust the tractions and one of the guys that did that he was bigger than any bed that we had so that meant that we had to order more traction for him and his legs stuck out probably about that far from the edge of the bed so he was in constant pain you have to know how to take care of your burn victims which we I happen to have one you also had to take care of your medical people your doctors if they come in which a lot of the nurses did not like that <laughs> we had one that came in and uh, everybody was scared to death to even go and take care of him even go in and give him a shot or give him his medicine or anything I went in because I did part of my training under him when I was trained and I'd go in and I'd tell him, I'd say, okay, it's time for your medicine. He'd reach out and give me medicine long still. I said, well, i got to give you a shot. Okay. So he just, you know, turned over so I could give him his medicine and his hip. And to say before that, when I first started, my nursing instructor, I graduated and I think I stayed. I didn't go to work for about two weeks after that. She was my first patient, and I had to give her a shot, which kind of scared me. She said, I know you can do it. You go ahead. So I did. She had had surgery, so I went ahead and gave it to her. She said, I told you you could do it. I said, yeah, you just don't know how much I wanted to not to do it. <laughs> but it was fascinating. It really what are things about your work that outsiders would not expect? The, in the nursing part of it, outsiders or lay people would not really, I don't think that a lot of people could go through and be nurses because of the situations that you are in, the uh, things that you see which goes back to the little thing I was telling you about, what you see here. And the medicines that you give and you are responsible for, every one of them. And you're responsible for each patient that's under you. You really are. And it's now, like I said, your, not your RNs, but your lower uh, employees and stuff like that under there, they... A lot of them don't make it because because in my class we started out with 22 people and we graduated 12. So it's it's very tedious work and like I said, some of the things you see in there, it really breaks your heart. And uh, one instance is we had a lady that came in that had liver cancer and when they told me to help them they didn't tell me that she had lost all of her hair she had a wig on so I was at the head of the stretcher lifting her over to her bed and they I about killed them when I got finished but anyhow neither here nor there but anyhow her wig fell off and Patients are very 
touchy or something about that. The first thing she did was look straight up at me. They tell you in the field not to show any expression, which is very, I'll say it again, very hard not to. But I did. Uh, she, I, the wig fell off, and she looked straight up at me, and I just kind of smiled at her and put her over in the bed. Okay, this particular person told me that uh, I would be there when she passed. She told her, yeah. She said, you will be here when I pass. And I said, how do you know you? I will? She said, you will. And she had in her uh, bedside table, she had her all of her clothes she wanted to put on her. She had the wig she wanted to put on her. She told me how she put her hands, how to put her feet before her daughters could uh, see her. So I went and got one of the nurse's aides. The mother came to, or the mother-in-law came to me, said, I think it's about time, you know. So I went back in and we got, I left, told the daughters, I said, stay outside. I said, because I'm just going to check her, knowing that uh, she had already been, she had passed. So I went in, we got her all fixed up and everything, then let the family in. And I was there. I did not expect to be there, but she did. She knew I was, which was good. Things like that, a lot of people wouldn't be able to deal with. You show your emotions either when you get home or you show them to some of your colleagues. You know, like when she passed, I went behind the nurse's station and cried. And the first one that I that did pass on me, I started to run off and leave them, but my instructor wouldn't let me. It scared me too dead. That was another thing then. I don't know how they do it now, but then you were to stay with that patient until the uh, mortuary people come to get them. The reason for that is in the past there have been people, loved ones, that have come and got their loved one and took them without the nursing or anybody knowing it. They've just come in and sneaked them down the steps or something and you don't know where they're at and you're responsible for them until you know they're taken which is sometimes it gets bad and children it really bothers me when children that was one of the reasons that I stopped nursing then in the hospital I had a um, 16 year old I was working operating room then and he came in and he had cancer and they had already did surgery on him, but he came back in. They told him he'd probably come back in. He came back in when he was 17, going on 18, and he had lung cancer. And he told me, he said, the only thing I want from this is to be able to walk through the woods and hear the birds singing. And that tore me up. That really tore me up because he was just... 18, nice, very nice man and stuff. But he did, he passed. And that, oh gosh, that tore me out of pieces. That was one of the things that really bothered me about in nursing, but you had to show, and the family members were, they were something, <laughs> some of them. But you did have ones that are, were real, real nice. What were originally the most difficult aspects of your job? 
in the nursing home, when I worked at the nursing home, the worst aspect or difficult aspect was telling family members that their loved ones had passed or calling them. And when you call them on the phone, if they're not there, you call them and you just tell them, you know, we need you back at the nursing home as quick as possible. And, of course, they'll ask you, have they passed and all this stuff. And you'll say, uh, just the doctor wants to see you here at the nursing home or whatever. And you can't tell them on the phone because you'll get in trouble if you do. With some of the doctors, you will. Some of the doctors will give you leeway to go ahead and tell them that they're passed. And they'll say, well, if she's passed, some of them, if she's passed, just call the funeral home, you know, and won't even come. <laughs> That's... That's a lot of times that's the way it happens in a lot of the nursing homes to this day that still happens, which I hate, but anyhow. That was uh, one of the aspects, and another one was trying to please your doctors. And one aspect of that is that you would call, I had one particular doctor, and you would call him and say, Miss so-and-so has an infection. How do you know she's got an infection? Because her lab work came back and it says it. What would you suggest I order? Sir, I'm not the doctor you are. So I got into a discussion with one of the doctors. He had ordered one of the medicines on this lady, which wasn't strong enough. And I said, sir, I said, the last time you ordered Let's say Keflex 500 milligrams. I said to give her 250. I said, well, you know, the last time 500 did work, click, he hung up on me. And so I went ahead and called the physician over the whole facility. And he ordered it. And then the doctor jumped on me about it. And two, sometimes you can't get the doctor on call. And most of the time, I had pretty good, you know, communication between most of the doctors. And if one of the other doctors was visiting some of their patients, I'd say, blah, 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 you know, this patient down in blah, blah, needs such and such. He said, go ahead and order it. I said, you better sign it. You sign this order before you leave here. And they would get upset about that. A lot of your like your director of nurses and stuff like that, they would work with you in the nursing home. In the hospital, you're lucky if you can find the head nurse over the whole hospital to come and do anything. And I had a confrontation with one of them, and she had told me to go and get a defibrillator for one of the patients. So I did. I went, and as a matter of fact, I told her before I got it, got him up out of bed, I said, he's going to pass out on us. You do what I tell you to do. So I went ahead and did it. She told me to go back and take the defibrillator back up to the corner care unit. Then she jumped on me. And unfortunately, she did it the wrong way. She jumped on me in front of someone, <laughs> some of my colleagues. So I got mad at her. Needless to say, which I didn't do too often when I was in the hospital. But anyhow, I, I jumped onto her and she came back to apologize and I wouldn't let her.
and it was white as a mouse the rest of my shift because they'd never seen me, you know, verbally say anything. So the next day she was there and she come up to me. I said, one thing you did wrong was you fussed at me in front of some of my work colleagues. I said, when you came on, I told you, do not ever do that. If you want to talk to me, you take me off personally to myself and say something to me. So after that, it was fine. I didn't run into much problem after that. What were some of the most satisfying aspects of your job? I've been thinking about that one. When I worked in a nursing home, and uh, her sister was director of nurses at that time, she told me, she said, you can go into the um, dining room and get this patient. So I did. I went in, and she said, take her back to her room. So I did. I said, I'm going to take you back to your room. She said, I'll slap you. I said, no, I don't think you will. And uh, she just grinned. She was about 86 years old. And after that, she would make sure that I didn't have her as a patient, but she would make sure that I was to be there that day to work. She would have her daughter to fix her hair and put her little makeup on and all this. And she'd keep hollering until I'd go back to see her. And what she was wanting to do, she was wanting to go out on a date. <laughs> she said, where are we going tonight? I said, well, you know, it's a little bit uh, cool out there. We better not go out tonight or whatever. But she was, well, I'm going to throw this in there. Most of the women on my hallway, which was 200 or around the other hallways, I would pet them. None of the other nurses could hardly ever get anything out of them when I wasn't there. Not that I was that good a nurse, but I said, well, you know, if I talk to them and be nice to them, maybe they will do what I want them to do. So they did <clears throat> and everything. I happened to have three ladies on my hallway, 200 hallway at that time, that each one of them was married to a brother of the same family. And one lady, she uh, wanted to, she said, do you like shrimp, popcorn shrimp? I said, yeah, I'm not supposed to eat it. But anyhow, uh, she had her son-in-law about 11 o'clock at night to go out and get popcorn shrimp. She ate two of them and told me to eat the rest of them. And I said, no, 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 I'm fine. She said, take these. I said, okay. So I went ahead and took it, then took it out, and everybody ate it. But she was the, she was just as sweet as she could be, though. All of the ladies that I worked with, I had another lady that uh, thought she was going out on a date and all this stuff. But that was the way I got them to take their medicine, do their exercise and stuff, which was, that was very memorable to me. That really was. What advice would you give someone beginning this line of... In nursing, I would say get... Go straight through, go get your LPN, and go straight into your RN, and pursue your bachelor's, and if possible, it's a lot of doing, but if possible, get your uh, doctorate in it. It is a good field to be in. It pays 
quite well now. Specializing into different fields is more what they go into. Uh, a lot of them go into um, being physician assistants, which is great, but I like the nursing part of it because you're right with the patients and stuff. It's very, uh, it's a good field. I should have went back into it after I left ASU, but I didn't. I got lazy. <laughs> Can you describe a memorable moment from your work? Probably this would be not in the nursing part of it, but at the college was when I retired after 37 years. They threw me a party and they were talking about how good I had done and blah, blah, blah and all this. And some of the people that I didn't think I had that much influence on come to me and said, Gene, how did you stay 37 years? And I said, the main thing is doing your work and trying to stay out of trouble with your bosses or whatever. If they come and tell you to do certain things certain ways, you go ahead and do it and then use your judgment in how you're going to get it done. They want you to do it their way, but... Sometimes their way don't work. You can't, as you don't have time to do it the way they want to do it. But they were real nice. They also, when my mother passed, they were so nice and friendly. They even uh, took up a collection and brought it to me. And they call every now and then and talk to me and blah, 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 and all this stuff. But anyhow, that was one of the most memorable parts of working at ASU which I worked in the housekeeping Prompt Go is produced by Willard Watson with support from Maeko Shiratori. Music by Melissa Ed. The Way Otago Works exhibition was made possible with support by the Smithsonian Institute's Traveling Exhibition Service Museum on Main Street and North Carolina Humanities. Thanks for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.